Our friends at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores, they're all over the Twin Cities, mines at Grand and Dale, bring you this uh, version or portion of the Garage Logic podcast. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. There's a reason I'm going to do these email roundups. Uh, it, it strikes me that they they keep uh, they keep active an environment of uh, help me. What's the word I want? Uh, of connect, listener inclusion, connect connectivity to the audience. Yes, yeah. like a conductor. That's right. Of a train. My wife thinks it's her idea. All that because she tell her thank you. She said she told me to tell you, and I said, uh, <laughs> I yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I told him or not. I probably think I did. I yeah, don't okay, think I babe, did. You got it. But thank you, hun. That was a great idea. I almost don't want to read this one. It's from Sam Gare of Highland, Wisconsin. We did a we read an email of his earlier uh, on the show. Uh, he took a picture of himself on his fiftieth birthday climb up Mount uh, Mount Whitney. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have recommended highly the trilogy of novels by a guy named Tom Rob Smith. Yep. They've been on the author's corner on the website. Child 44, The Secret Speech. Oh, I have that book. And you have not read it? Child 44, no. Oh, it's you're in for, I've never opened it. You're Excellent. in for a real, real treat. Oh, I'll go dig it up. And I've always said, if you want to, uh, it's Child 44, The Secret Speech, and Agent 6. And if you want to know about Russia, you read these three books. And then you think to yourself... Well, you were growing up, you know, water skiing or yeah. going duck hunting. Oh, it was so hard getting up on one ski. When I accomplished that, oh my goodness. Well, then <laughs> then when you compare your life to what these people were going through. Well, I had through, a mini bike suit. Yeah, yeah, you're all right. Yeah. But here, wow. uh, here. I was on jet skis in 1976. <laughs> Sam Gare has a great point. Just finished reading Tom Rob Smith's Child 44. Wow, what a read. You often recommended this book as a reflection on today's Russia. I read that in the novel, I read that in the novel as well. More, I read the cautionary tale as a reflection of today's America. Guilt by accusation and not due process, Kavanaugh. Renouncement of accusations to maintain a secure position in society, Norm MacDonald's self-reannouncement following his cancellation of the Tonight Show appearance. Sharing personal information with the state to maintain position in society, social media. The secret speech is on hold at the library. I'm looking forward to f- uh, following Demidov through the trilogy. Enjoying GL as I always have as a podcast. Sam, thank huh. you. I'm going to look that Oh, you got to read again. it, Kenny. Yeah. You got to read it. Uh, uh, no, just a minute. Uh, well, just a minute. That's your address. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Tim writes, listening to last Friday's podcast when you discussed that leaves come to you, I had a few thoughts to maybe put a GLer's perspective on it for you to offset your assumptions of euphoria and hypocrisy. I am a native Vermonter raised far oh. out in the country, similar oh. in concept to the North yeah. Country of Minnesota. They have it bad there. But now live in the eastern suburbs of the Twin Cities. For me, there is a distinct difference between nature close to our country's tallest buildings and true, raw, rural nature. 
I could camp and fish at Lake Elmo in Woodbury. They have a lake, campground, and fish, but they also have city lights and noise, shores lined with houses, and reams of Kenny's Cityots. I will gladly <laughs> drive four-plus hours to the Ely Lakes region for my vacation to get largely untouched wilderness, quiet lakes, loons, oh. forested shorelines, and pitch-dark nights. It I'm going to kiss this guy in the mouth when it I is, meet him. It is <laughs> gross. It is much the same for me in fall, my favorite season. Yes, the leaves changing comes to me in the cities, but seeing them in and among our city parks, buildings, and carefully planned suburbs just isn't the same. Thank you. I would gladly take a weekend away to show my kids what real fall is like, and I am a card-carrying 10-year GLer who drives a V8 pickup truck with a defroster Woo! that works splendidly. My nips are hard. Just a few <laughs> thoughts Jesus. to help you maybe see the other side of the coin. I love the show, and I'm so glad you guys are still on the air, uh, Tim Doherty. He's well, so you know right. what? He's right. He's so Way right. To stand up for He's our... right. Al Horstman writes, we were sent our annual solicitation for the United Way at work today. In the process of filling out the donations form, you must enter your gender. Why they need to know your gender to accept a donation, I don't understand. Anyway, the drop-down box had four options. Unknown, female, male, and other. <laughs> <laughs> Unknown. Unknown. I've been told our new IDs will have uh, this option. Three options. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Male, female, and X, I believe. Yep. Binary or something. Huh? I'm going to pick X just to bug you guys. <laughs> and Reavers, you, uh, you're getting off the hook for something. Oh. Uh, uh, Andrew writes, I'd like to present evidence to help Chris Reavers. Below are a couple of screenshots that should prove that his comment was accurate and not stupid uh -oh. as you previously ruled. It doesn't happen often, but since the show is fact-based, I felt compelled to pass this along. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you tried to tell us that Phil Mickelson did oh, a uh, yes. leg kick over Johnson, and it turned out it was Ricky Fowler. But Zach Johnson, I said, wasn't even there. Yes, he was one of the uh, captains. He was a co-captain. He was a co-captain. So, uh, well, that's come on, that's not that's, backing Reavers up. That's, that's good enough. Well, he, Reavers so, had no well, idea. Yeah, he was still wrong. Reavers, right? He was just grabbing he gets at names he heard. <laughs> I heard it. This is Johnson. <laughs> it's exhausting, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> I know. It's just exhausting. <laughs> By the way, what about the rumor that uh, uh, Adam Johnson and Brooks Kepka got into a little skirmish? Did Why? you guys hear that? Uh, now, there's no Adam Johnson. There's an Adam Scott. Now, Reavers, Zach Johnson. Dustin <laughs> Johnson. Reavers, yeah. See? Yeah. Here's what he's doing again. Reavers, have you ever gone to Such with a pretty good idea about yeah. something show-related, and he goes, that's an awful idea, but let me tell you what we're going to do. And then he just completely reiterates what you just <laughs> told him. Yeah. That's been my whole career <laughs> with Such. He gives you the initial no. That's my initial no. Brooke, explain the initial no. When you go to him with something, I know that he's going to say no. So I'll say, hey, you want to do this? This? No, we're not going to do that. Absolutely not. Then you wait a couple of minutes, and then you go back to him and explain why it's a good idea. And half the time you can get him to change, but you always get the initial. You're always no, going to get the initial. No, no, no. the initial no. Oh, yeah, a lot of, out of the way. A lot of times he just puts his hands in his pocket, shakes his head, and walks away. Yeah. Just and then looks down with his eyebrows up like this. Exactly. And exactly. And just kind of <laughs> yeah. strolls away. And you, my you have first, your my first one with him was back in the '80s, and I did something. And he got so mad at me. He wanted to kill me. And so after he left the building, I I took a tape of what I did. And this happened on the air. You just didn't realize I don't it. remember this. I sent you the tape at the paper. Yeah. And you called me and said, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Really? Thank you. According to GolfDigest.com, uh -oh. on Monday night, multiple reports alleged that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka had to be separated at a Ryder Cup party on Sunday night. 
Although Kepka's representation has refuted the story, sources have confirmed to GolfDigest.com that an altercation did take place. You guys will find this shocking. Specifically, what happened was... Was it about a woman? Paulina Gretzky's... Johnson's fiance was a central figure in the Uh-oh. incident. Kepka's girlfriend, Jenna Sims, was also involved. Ooh. Undefeated. Undefeated. It's Uh-oh. undefeated, Protect even at the Ryder Cup. Protect and defend. <laughs> Bill Stein writes, I was interested to hear about your consternation at finding a home for your classic boating magazines. I, too, saved oh. years of my favorite oh. magazine, Wooden Boat. I think that comes from... <laughs> <laughs> Can I get through this without your sophomoric <laughs> nonsense? Right, please, Stiney. please. You went on the air with this amazingly interesting story, did you? I, the, all those magazines have been uh, uh, taken to a guy. After they were neatly uh, put together in chronological order. <laughs> you didn't run them up to Alexandria? No. The hell oh. They've never returned my calls. Uh, can I tell you something? Yep. I get wooden boat too. Uh-huh. I bet. And Even I at your age, is it painful? Poster, the poster carrier. Every time he looks at it, he has to do a double take too. He says, "What suit you reading this month?" After three hours of wooden boat, I think you're supposed to go to the doctor. <laughs> major, just with major. May, may, I, may I? May I? Make Please, the, may, may I make the point? Our friend Bill yeah, Stein is trying to make. From and maybe Hyde will quit laughing and come around to see my side of this story. Sure. <laughs> Stein thinks that comes from our upbringing when it was thought to be a sin to toss out a copy of the National Geographic. That was a boon to me as a young man uh, while visiting. I got the poor bosoms. Uncle Harvey's collection <laughs> in hope of finding pictures of bear My mom and dad and always thought I was going to be very right. interested in right. the geography and the national oh, you know, the boob, world. Yep. They're like, hey, set of boobs. Let's go. <laughs> Never <laughs> heard of a bra, though. You want to know how life yeah. has changed? Look at that skirt. You want to know how life has changed? <laughs> what? It, when I Growing up, my father had a oh. stereo closet. That was all that was in the open, nice stereo. He hid his James Bond novels, his oh, paperbacks, racing. behind the stereo. Yes. Isn't that That's something? That's like male smut books. Isn't you know? that something? Yeah. That is something. Oh, God, That's we harmless. lost a lot, haven't we? Yeah. Or gained a ton. Uh, Mom, I wanted to learn more about South America. Did the National Geographic <laughs> you know come today? Today's kids don't know anything Wrapped about in. looking for the magazines. They just go right to the internet. Right. It's right. all right there. Right. Right. Stein notes, I was so relieved to find out today that an internal DFL investigation found Keith Ellison innocent of all charges <laughs> because his accuser will not produce the video of him. Uh, uh, allegedly assaulting her. No double standard here. My wife astutely said the reason she is reluctant to release the video is that it happened in the bedroom and she was most likely without clothing. Oh. Ah. All right. Oh. But that's a good point. Wooden boat. You saved a lot of magazines when you were a kid. Boys Life, stuff like that. Yeah, other ones. Fur fishing game. Joe, I heard you and the crew talking about the destruction of O'Gara's and the fact that Charles Schultz once lived upstairs. I reached out twice to the Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa, California, suggesting that they purchase and transport part of Schultz's apartment to their museum, much as they have his drawing table preserved just as he left it when he died. Unfortunately, both emails went went unanswered, and this important piece of St. Paul cartooning history will soon be unceremoniously hauled to a landfill. That's progress, I guess. He wants to know if we ever considered a hotline where you can call in and leave a comment for airing on the show. Just give out Chris's cell phone number. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'll set that aside and talk to Reavers about it. In other words, I think he's thinking of voicemail, and we could play some of the interesting sure. ones. All right. Uh, I suppose I could give out my regular desk number. I haven't used it for uh, a while. No, actually, you can't. Don't do no? that. 
No? Okay. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, yesterday, you guys were discussing the changes in education, and that is accept and and that it is acceptable to be late with homework and safe spaces. Joe stated that this will have long term effects in the workplace when these kids join the workforce. I totally agree, but it has already happened in a different part of society. I graduated in 1987 from a small town in southwestern Minnesota. Mountain Lake was in full this conference. Mm -hmm. We had a principal who was six feet five, and we called him Big D. Dennis was his first name. There was fear and respect given to him and all teachers. It was not unusual for a teacher to physically walk you to the principal's office. We knew and understood that if we did not give respect to those in charge, there would be consequences at school and at home. I mean, fines and suspensions. We gave respect to our parents, teachers, upperclassmen, clergy, our friends, parents, business owners and most definitely law enforcement. If we did not, our parents would know by the time we got home. The ramifications were not physical abuse, although at times physical, that is, teachers taking you by the ear to the principal's office. This was a rite of passage in character building. There are no long-term effects from this. However, at some point, this respect for elders and people of authority has gone directly out the window. The kids who were teenagers when this change took place are now young adults, 25 to 35. They grew up getting away with disrespect and not caring what happened. They had no fear from teachers, principals, or parents. It is incomprehensible to me when a parent allows this behavior, but it is the opposite of a helicopter parent. This is the age group that is acting out now against law enforcement or protesting because of someone of authority actually told them no. They do not know what to do because they have no decorum or think that the world will give them a pass if they just act up and make a scene. What would have happened to you guys as children or teens if you acted this way? Oh. I can't disagree. Oh. Oh. If I was rude or disrespectful to someone, my dad would have made me apologize face-to-face, -face, and yep. I would be doing that person's chores or their lawn for free for at least a month. I did, in fact, do those yep. things. Yep. Is it any wonder that these youth get arrested, tased, or shot? You rarely hear of 50-plus old persons being the victims of police brutality. I have been pulled over numerous times and never feared for my life. Keep your hands on the steering wheel, be polite, do as you're told, give respect. Long story short, respect for authority will go a long way in life. Scott. Right there. Yep. Right there. Right there. Uh, okay. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. I might get to Molars for this October watch event. Great thing about shopping over at Molars is um, it's festive. Well, you go in it's there. It's festive. Let, let me just let me leave it at that. Uh, you can find something festive to have. Right. GLers, uh, if you go in and mention that you listen to the podcast, which uh, uh, RF Molar Jewelers is happy to support, and we thank them for that. If you mention you listen to the podcast, you can get two hundred and fifty dollars off the purchase of any watch. What? That's, that's you're uh, making that up. That's tagged at five hundred dollars or more. I'm not kidding. What? Really? Yes. yes. Are we? Are oh, we they don't really do sales. That's Ford in Cleveland good... and St. Paul, 50th in us? France, and Edina <laughs> in downtown Minneapolis. Yes, it does. It does. Wow. Yeah. You need to do it every day. Hey, how about that podcast? Hey, how about that podcast? <laughs> hey, I need to watch how about that podcast. Here's a kid uh, in India because uh, uh, Indian youth uh, are very studious. Yes, they are. And he had the science project. Got it. In, in, in the classroom, Ooh. you know. He didn't just oh, blow no. cigarette smoke into a cotton Yeah, bottle. that's the famous one. No, he, he made a model of a volcano. 
Whoa. Yeah, that sure. ding ding. Everybody does that. Yes. You get some you baking soda and it comes out. Mm-hmm. Well, this wasn't kinda just ooze, a kind of oozes yeah. out, right? Oozes out. This like wasn't oatmeal a... and spills on the table and maybe a little on the floor. <laughs> yes. Right. Listen, knuckleheads, this wasn't uh, vinegar, food coloring, and bicarbonate. Uh oh. This kid uh he he got it all down. Well, it blew up and it, it hit it, it hurt 59 of the kids. Oh, oh no. A plus. Yeah. <laughs> Winner. Use TNT. He held it the kid. A kid's plus. A, kid's a genius. <laughs> Someone hire him before he kills did, us did all. Did he just stand in the corner with his arms crossed yep. over his chest, shaking his head? <laughs> yep. Yep. You got that right. Uh, I'm sure he got that idea. You know, <clears throat> many, many years ago, I was watching a television show about a a can family I, that had to I, come I, together, can, a mixed family. Can I, can I finish this? One story? of the boys made one of those volcanoes. Yeah. Is the story everywhere. Is everywhere. Alice had to clean it up. It was probably where I got the idea. In this kid's model, the pressure of the materials was so high that instead of erupting, spitting fluid lava like a Hawaiian type volcano, it, it went the way of Vesuvius, <laughs> exploding and sending a shower of clay and PVC pieces over wow. all the assistants. Fortunately, there was no need to. Re- uh, to regret serious damage, the student with less luck received an impact of shrapnel in the eye, but the doctors oh. have been since able to remove it, and he will not lose sight. The police had to come in and investigate the incident what? to determine if there well, has wait. been negligence on part of the school while supervising the work of the students. Oh, the school wins. Wait, Everybody yeah, Time wins out. Here. You just said he isn't going to lose sight, but they had to remove it? Yeah, but they no, saved his the eye. Shrapnel. Oh, okay. Okay. Put some coins in this. No! The way you said it, it said they had to remove it, but he won't lose That's sight. Not the way the rest of us understood it, Chris. Sorry. Shut At the up, moment, John. several he has lost faith. At the moment, several parents have filed a complaint, but oh, we have to oh, wait for the on. chemical and mechanical That's analysis. Dumb kids got D's of and the models. Right. The qualification were, received by the students of that particular volcano has not been made public. I'm with Kenny. That's uh, uh, this is by way of emailer Tim Burke who said this kid took his project way too far. He went yeah. to evil genius <laughs> no, stage. You know what that is? That's an A plus. Yep. Yes, that's a winner. A, that's a, I, I do see a, a lot of kids just standing around with blank looks on their faces. They're like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> what the hell just happened is right. Could we have a John Height news experience? Sure. Uh, we can do that. Uh, right now or when we come back? That's fine. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Souchere. The sun sets on a peaceful prairie sea. So anyway, we all have a story. We all want to say something to you right now. I'd like to take this moment. What the hell? I just told these I just said everybody's a little giddy today. Everybody's talking over each other too much. So this is the way you treat me, huh? This is the way you treat me. I can't me. wait to go back and listen <laughs> to it. To tell you that, the staff does through. have a question. We, was, we really do. We, no. We've all had this thought in the last hour and a half or so, and, and it finally came out. Um, and I have no part of this. I, I we're didn't. wondering, how big was the light socket that you stuck your finger in today? Because have you seen your hair, Uncle Joe? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, it's a little standing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's worse than Professor Irwin Corey, if you remember him. <laughs> it's a, it's, you know, it's Dr. Stephen like, Brule. Uh, no, yes. he looks like the guy on Back to the Future. Uh, yeah, what's Doc his Brown. Name? Yes, Doc Brown. Brown. 
<laughs> or Jim from Taxi. Here's John Hyde. What time's that taxi coming over, what Louis? What did I tell you before, the sh- before this segment started? Thanks. Here's John Hyde. Thanks, Joe. Uh, a follow-up to a story we had last week that uh, Mr. Olson has brought to us. The Ashby Farmers Cooperative Elevator Company in Grant County, which closed after reports of a long-time scheme to divert co-op funds for use by the general manager for uh, weird stuff, uh, reopened this week. Reopened on Wednesday under a lease agreement to the Wheaton Dumont Co-op Elevator Wheaton. The uh, president, Russell Dewey, of the Ashby Farmers Cooperative Elevator said the closing was a real kick in the teeth to the Ashby community. We're proud to be able to reopen the company so quickly under new management. The Wheaton Dumont Co-op Elevator operates 16 facilities across a nine-county area, according to Philip Deal, who's GM of the company. He said we think Ashby will be a great addition to our family of elevators. The Ashby elevator was closed two weeks ago after it was discovered that Jerry Hennessy, the longtime GM of the co-op, had apparently misappropriated funds by writing checks on the co-op account for hunting safaris, taxidermy, and personal credit card bills. When the alleged theft was first announced to the membership, a little over $2 million bucks in unauthorized checks had been discovered. Uh, but now that number has since ballooned to a little over $4.9 million in unauthorized checks. That, according to Eric Algren the attorney who's representing the co-op. He said of that amount, $3 million were written in the last six years. About $2 million of the checks were written prior to that six-year time frame and date all the way back to 2003. The newly discovered checks include more safari trips, more unauthorized payment of personal credit cards, as well as checks that appear to be written for construction projects on Hennessy's home and land purchases. Uh, Hennessy, by the way... How uh, did he think he could get away with this? Well, what, he, is there 12 people that live there? <laughs> uh, it's a very small community, but it's a co-op, and if you want to accuse anybody, you're going to have to accuse the board, and each one of those guys on the board are outstanding, amazing citizens and good farmers. They're just They're, not very good accountants. They, nobody's checking the books. No, so you know, the problem... Nobody checked the book. I was just going to say it's a trust. They all trusted him. Yeah. Right? yeah. And this, you know, like John said, it started at $2 million. It's up to $5 million. This is just the money from the co-op, the business. They're not, they haven't even factored in the money that he's stolen, crops that he stole, and bean, beans and corns from farmers. Man. I mean, there's farmers in the area that thought they had 50,000, 100,000 bushels in there. And the yellow, and and the bins are empty. This is right near Wheelhouse, isn't it? This is all the Krabby Coffee Shop yeah. has been talking about right. for the last month. Uh, there's farmers up there with uh, a deferred payment plan. Mm-hmm. So a, car, a farmer will sell, you know, X amount of beans, and instead of taking the check now, which he has to pay taxes on, he can take it next year or the following year. Mm-hmm. There's no money for those payments. Ooh. He went so far as to contact a farmer in uh, early August and say, hey, we have space up here. Bring up some of those beans from last year and we'll get them them gone for you. And the farmer I'm talking about said, I'm too busy putting up hay. I can't do it right now. Jerry sent semis down there, loaded up his beans. Wow. Those beans gone. Oh, my God. So this $5 thing is going to turn into $50 or more. And now we're not even talking about contracts for this year. Before a farmer even puts his beans or corn in, he has to have a place to sell them. And they establish these contracts in the spring. So all these farmers that have contracts through Ashby Co-op, gone. This guy has wreaked some havoc. So now, not only do they not have a place to store their beans... Uh, they don't have contracts. They can't sell them because they sold. When you sell them in the spring, you get X amount of dollars, say $7 a bushel. 
Now you have to sell them for, say, $4 a bushel. I'd like to contribute to this conversation, but I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) What what we're talking about is a Denny Hecker style robbery. I mean, and it's going to be it's going to be 50 million or more. More like a Petter style. And this is happening in Grant, uh, Grant County, not Douglas, and the sheriff of Grant County, Troy Langley. I, with all apologies to his relatives and friends of his listening, he's an idiot. He's a complete idiot, right. and he's let this go, go on a lo, a way too long. And, and lives are being ruined. We're talking ruined. And, Kenny, the thing is I was talking to a, a relative of mine, and he said the last thing this guy should be worried about that's on the run is, is prison. Because oh, he's no. going to end up in the bottom of a, yeah, a no, hog pen. No, he's gone. He's out of the country. He's gone. And, you know, and, and the media likes to uh, was talk. He, was he, do you have a family? Uh, he left his wife. Really? His wife has no idea. She moved in with her with family members. Wow. Yep. Do you have kids? Uh, I believe he did. Um, Jeez. And uh, so he's gone, and uh, yeah, everybody's lives are destroyed. Hennessy, uh, as Kenny just said, has not been found, of course, and is uh, on the run. At the Como Zoo, a new giraffe this week. Yeah, female calf. Thanks, Rock. Yep. Five foot, eight inches tall, 120 pounds. The parents... Are Daisy. I watched a, a giraffe being born once in a documentary. It was yeah. fascinating. Legs Standing first. Up. Legs first. It just drops the whole thing, drops yeah. out of mom, and then it lays there for a minute till mom says, that's enough. Get up. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Quit Quit go. <laughs> that thing's on its feet after about 20 minutes. Shake it off, mom <laughs> says. <laughs> Gestation. Here, have a cigarette. <laughs> Gestation for giraffes, 14 to 15 months. Wow. And they're always born one at a time. Cost of gasoline is rising. I hope so, because that'd be pretty tough. Well, no, no, no twins. They came out right? more than one. No twin giraffes. <laughs> the cost of gasoline is rising around the U.S., pushing prices at the pump close to their highest level in four years. National average, two eighty-eight per gallon. An unexpected swing given a drop in gasoline demand and growing inventories, according to AAA. Oil Price Information Service said prices are nearing their highest levels in four years. The most expensive bottle of whiskey... Just sold in an auction in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm. Over a mill? Uh-huh. Wow. 60-year-old bottle of Macallan Valerio Adami fetched a world record price of $1.1 million at Bottoms Whiskey Sale Wednesday. I bet it tastes really good with Red Bull. <laughs> the whiskey no, you are so dumb enough. You me. are dumb enough that you would probably mix it with something. Yeah. Whoever's buying this, Chris, isn't mixing it with Sprite. Got yeah, it. This is what this dummy would do, though. Yeah. I'm going to put some orange juice in it. The whiskey was distilled in 19. 19- you should just be put away. Well, I guess I'd like to hear so the story because uh, I would like to know what made it worth so much. Yeah. The whiskey was distilled in 1926, bottled in 1986. The bottle, designed by artist Valerio Adami, is an extremely limited edition. The buyer, a UK-based whiskey connoisseur, who was in a taxi in Italy when he actually won the bidding. The particular whiskey bottle, which sold for one million one hundred one thousand seven hundred twenty-nine dollars, is significant because of its blend of rarity, vintage look, and artwork. According to the experts, hint of nipple, rubber tires, sackcloth, and rosin oil. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The Macallan 1926 <laughs> 60-year-old has been described as the holy grail of whiskey, according to whiskey specialist Martin Green. Exceptional rarity and quality puts it in a league all its own. The bottle is one of only a dozen with its design in the world. It isn't known how many are still intact, but at least two of the 12 have been lost, one to an earthquake in Japan in 2011 and another, well, somebody drank it. I have a serious confusion here, John. Yeah. Was it worth what it was worth because of the bottle the or bottle the contents of the, the bottle? Both. 
Okay. Both. So because the bottle I'm... itself is a piece of artwork? Yes. All right. Although the bottle looked very plain to me yeah. when I saw the picture yeah. online. And this will never be consumed. Uh, is that correct? You can't crack the seal uh, on this? You know, if everything uh, else is gone and... You can't take you know, a slug out of it and then the put the... If it's break glass smoke, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? The, boy, I, you know, I'd really have, You're drinking the million dollar I would weigh whiskey. it, but I, I think I but know what's going to win. once you crack the seal, it's over, right? The value's gone. Uh, but how much more can it go up? You're not yeah, looking yeah. at this as a long-term investment. Once it's open. I guess what we're all wanting to know is, did he buy it to drink it? Good question. We don't it know says, that. Well, it says he's a whiskey connoisseur. I bet he bought Aren't it to drink all? it. Yeah. <laughs> we love a little knipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of liquids, uh, Joe, you gave me this story. I'd seen it earlier this week. I'd uh, rather have a Bud Light myself. This, this is very interesting. Uh, Warren <laughs> Zanes, uh, guitarist for the Del Fuegos and an author, he wrote a wonderful book about Tom Petty called mm-hmm. Petty the Biography. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he left a story out, but he told it this week. Uh, it was the one-year uh, anniversary of Tom Petty's death. Mm-hmm. So he passed this tale along. Uh, Tom Petty, if you've ever seen interviews with him, always had a cigarette and coffee. Right. Always. And, and Petty, by the way, uh, a year out now from his death, uh, not one foul word has ever been said about this guy. He no. must have been a hell of no. a good guy. Yeah. Everything I've ever read. Yeah. Just as he was, yeah. Uh, the story Zane said, uh, Tom was out driving with his wife, Dana, north of their Malibu home when they stopped at a diner. He said the coffee at the diner was as close to perfect as you can get. Uh, now, Tom, he was a shy guy, according to Zanes, but he still walked up and asked the waitress what kind of coffee it was. She didn't know, so she told him to ask the manager. The manager uh, gave him the secret. It was Maxwell House. Wow. <laughs> Good to the last drop, of course, is the Maxwell House slogan, originally claimed to be the words of Teddy Roosevelt, who had a cup of the stuff at Andrew Jackson's Hermitage in Nashville. No. Uh, when Petty heard the words, well, wait, it's not over, Kenny. Okay. When he heard the words Maxwell House, uh, Tom didn't turn back. Uh, he uh, thought it was a great cup of coffee. He didn't bow to any hipster sensibility. Uh, he said, can I see how you make it? The manager took Petty back into the kitchen where you've seen the bun automatic coffee makers. Sure, yeah, I have that's, one at home. That's what they used. Yeah. Uh, he uh, said they have them pretty much every diner. Uh, that's how they made it. And uh, he got two of them installed in his house. Petty did. He didn't want to find himself waiting for another cup of coffee. Apparently, uh, that became the centerpiece of sit-down family meals at the Petty House, Maxwell House. I'm going to buy some. I'm serious. I'm going to try this. It's not good. Well, Kenny. Yeah, don't don't even. This uh, is shades of Jack uh, Reacher. This is shades of Lee Child's Jack Reacher. How so? Jack Reacher uh, was always in search of the perfect cup of coffee. Yeah, but in you, all the novels, coffee is always a part yeah, of Reacher's that, operation. It, it's Starbucks, and it's no, no. Reacher, Reacher is a diner guy. French, Reacher is a diner guy. It's French roast Starbucks. That's the best cup of coffee. You was Mrs. Olson the Mount Mrs. Olson the Mountain Grown one? Folgers, Folgers, Folgers. Well, John, there's little more to this. It's so would... dry and powdery, though. <laughs> no, but there's more to this. Didn't uh, didn't he also discover the secret was? Uh, uh, leveling off the uh, the teaspoon. Well, according to uh, Zanes's story, I uh, found out. Dude, this is a pretty part and part of Americana. Here. Yeah, you do shake it so it's level. That is a good. Point. Well, yeah. and the guy uh, he found another cup at a, a diner that he thought was even better. So he went and watched, and the guy used a knife 
to level off the amount of coffee. But it was sure. also Maxwell House. Yes, it was also Maxwell yeah. House. Oh, to make sure the right amount <laughs> the was being added. The exact amount was being added oh. uh, to, to the uh, My uh, family calls it Kenny Coffee. Yeah. They can always tell when I fix the I, I happen to High pride octane. myself uh, in making a great cup of coffee. And you have always said, and I uh, and I hoped this day would never come where we would Uh-oh. actually get in a fight about this. You think the answer is extremely cold water. Yes, I do. Yeah. But I have a bun Bun stores water and heats it up, yeah, I, I so would, you never have. I wouldn't do that. Cold water. I wouldn't do and that. And I'm the bun will make a better okay. cup. The bun will make a better cup of coffee than any Mister. I will coffee. put my cup of coffee up against yours. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thirty-two you minutes into the podcast, good absolutely. neighbor. Absolutely. You know, it's too bad this is a podcast, so we couldn't go. One thirty-one. The Krabby Coffee Shop. What are they serving? I am. No, 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 no. It's it's it's. A French roast, blend. Starbucks, through a bun coffee maker. Well, wow. aren't you at least intrigued enough to to try Maxwell House no. now? Oh, hell no. I no. am. No, yeah, John, I am. are you? No, yeah, my, yeah, my taste it, sure. is far more sophisticated <laughs> than Tom, Tom Petty. That's yeah. a, just a guitar player. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yep. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Man, human, people losing their relationship with nature. People losing their relationship with nature. This is from the Washington Post. More than 250 people worldwide have died while taking selfies in the last six years, according to a new study from researchers Associated with the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, a group of public medical colleges based in New Delhi. The findings, which analyze news reports of the 259 selfie-related deaths from October 2011 to November 2017, were published in the July-August edition of the Journal of Family Medicine and Primary Care. Of the 259 deaths, researchers found the leading cause to be drowning, followed by incidents involving transportation. For example, taking a selfie in front of an oncoming train or falling from heights. Other causes of selfie-related deaths include animals, firearms, and electrocution. The selfie deaths have become a major public health problem. No, no they're not. Uh, how many people in the world? A couple of billion? Uh, and you got 250 people who are morons over the last eight years? That's not a public health crisis. Uh, but it is funny. Well, we it's, a, it's an absolute example of... Uh, uh, well, here in 2018 alone, there have already been several selfie-related deaths. In May, in May, a man in India tried to take a selfie with an injured bear and was mauled to death. <laughs> <laughs> On September 5, an 18-year-old hiker from Jerusalem died after he fell more than 800 feet off a cliff at Yosemite. Oh, no. The man's mother said he had been trying to take a selfie at the edge of Nevada oh, Fall, oh. a popular waterfall. <laughs> Roughly two weeks later, a 32-year-old California woman met a similar fate while hiking at Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore in Michigan when she slipped and fell to her death after stopping at the edge of a 200-foot cliff cliff to snap selfies. Uh, No, this is just nature weeding out the... Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you guys drive uh, drive through campus over here? 
as as infrequently as possible. A couple of months ago, I I'm think not this, done with man's relationship to nature. But, but you're talking ahead. about the yeah. selfie generation. Yeah. I I once saw a couple of kids that were posing in front of the the stadium TCF Bank in the street, really <laughs> trying to take a picture. Wow. I thought, what are you doing? Get out of the road, wow. Kenny. This one uh, this one does not speak well of your uh, beloved rural people. Uh, this is up in Gilbert, Minnesota. I know Gilbert quite yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. It really doesn't speak well. As a city, I can say uh, what, I would have been ahead of this curve. What did my peeps do? Well, the police up there are getting a lot of uh, uh, the chief, Ty Tetcher, uh, been getting a lot of phone calls uh, from people uh, reporting that uh, the birds are drunk. <laughs> what? And crashing into buildings and, and dive bombing cars. And all. Well, any city it knows. They're feasting on yeah. fermenting fruit. Sure. Yeah. And the chief has to and tell all are. these callers, don't worry about it. No, no, They're going to sober up eventually. Nobody. And wonder what they did. That's <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Trump birds. <laughs> why did I do that? Oh, why? Wow. There's like the bird out, AA. You know, the birds out to bring out their yearbooks yeah. and try to figure out what it said. <laughs> isn't that something? The uh, birds the, are drunk. How could you not know this? How uh, could you not know this? Uh, Especially if you're rural. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gorging on fruit, mostly mountain ash berries. Uh, birds do get literally intoxicated when they eat berries that have started fermenting, and that does lead to drunken behavior, according to Laura Erickson. It probably leads to sexual assault in the bird world. Uh, according to Laura Erickson, a Duluth birding expert, uh, said waxwings, robins, and thrushes often are some of the most prone to become tipsy. As they routinely feed on such dagging around, holding up telephone poles. <laughs> Tetcher, the sheriff, said occasional. Re- what did I tell you before about a half hour ago? Uh-huh. Tetcher said occasional. Re- <laughs> you don't remember, do you? It was something about lunch. Tetcher everybody shouldn't talk. And- <laughs> the sheriff said occasional reports of loopy birds are nothing new. Uh, but weather conditions have served up more than the typical share of alcohol-laden fruit. I propose to you, Mr. Mayor, that it's not the locals calling the cops. It's the transplanted city. Leaf peepers? It's your people calling the cops. They've recently (laughs) moved in and built a brand. They tore down a quaint cabin, threw up a giant cabin. I'm going to get a horse. (laughs) There's no need to call law enforcement about these birds, said the sheriff, as they should sober up within a short period of time. Okay. Like he's talking about the town drunk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> yes. It's been scary for people to drive when you have a whole collection of little warblers that are flitting right out on the road, and people have been hitting a lot of them, Erickson said. To reduce the risk of bird strikes, uh, they recommend people adorn their windows with st- stickers, sun catchers, or strings. If people don't have that, birds smack into the widow- windows, and the real tragedy with that is half the ones that fly off have bad enough wounds that they end up dying from trauma. Well, I'm a bird whisperer. When they crash into our, <laughs> yeah, when they that. when they crash you're, into you're my what? windows, I've I've yeah, you bring them back years. to life, I, yeah. for, Rook. For years, I can I can attest <laughs> to this. I, I can hear the thump, and I go, "Oh, you dumb dude. mouth to mouth." So I go out, and no, oh, you pick it up. And you come on, you can fly. Come you can on, do it. Come on. And they get, you can see the little musical notes above its head. <laughs> right. And pretty soon. One of the, these days they're going to sober up and peck your eyes out. Pretty soon the eyes open. The yeah. eyes open. I launch them. And I'd say I got about a 50% success rate. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that just drop. Well, 
Guess you weren't ready, huh? Well, I think it's about a 50% success rate. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. No yeah. wonder you got the fox in your back ear. They're yeah. eating the dead birds. Yeah, they pile up out there. <laughs> Sometimes I get the CP to go out there and clean it up. Uh, is that I think it? it's been Are a great time. I think we really had a good time. Know, time. I think the next I one's going to come back in. Maybe next one. So not sure I'll be back. I wish you quit talking over each other. Oh, hey, we're going to Leonard Skinner. We're talking over each other. Sushi, stop interrupting each other. That's all going around. We'll see you guys around next time. Stop it for God's sake.